0: Welcome to the Betsy
1: Boss Podcast. Welcome back. We are here. It's actually almost Paris Hilton's birthday. I didn't realize. Oh, that's
0: so true. Yeah. I didn't even realize that either.
1: Um, yeah. We're recording this on the 15th. So the day after Valentine's Day,
0: get your discount candy day. That's right. Actually looking at this, wait. So yeah, this will come out the day right before her birthday. So, Okay. Yeah. There we go.
1: Happy birthday, Paris. You're our subject of today. (laughs) Sorry for the spoiler. If you couldn't Um, tell. Yeah. But I figured before we get into that, I know that we both watched a beautiful piece of filmography yesterday. And I think for our liberty, we wanted to get into that.
0: Yeah. this This was a great documentary, I guess you'd call it. It was really interesting after we had looked into Britney for our other episode too. And even though we tried to take a different perspective on some of these past events in Britney's life i feel like this documentary like showed an even further different side i thought it was really really good
1: yeah yeah and what i found really incredible about the documentary and i think you did too was so Britney Spears is at no point during the movie actually present right. or available for a comment so but the movie is so thorough. It's in a, in a lot of ways, it's just a laying out of facts. Yeah. Um, and you almost don't miss her presence for comment because they're so thorough about it.
0: Yeah. it, It was interesting to see her from people that knew her well and that worked with her and, yeah, I don't even know how they did such a good job of framing it the way that they did with using a lot of the same clips that we've seen in other documentaries or, you know, whatever about Britney. But then I guess it was just kind of the commentary of Felicia, the one woman that was with her from kind of the get go. um, And then even some of the paparazzi that had kind of stalked her and everything. So yeah, it was really interesting.
1: Yeah, it really was. And I think there was a lot of fresh perspective on kind of the legal parts of this Mm -hmm. whole battle, which obviously make up a huge part of what she's gone through lately, Um, especially with her conservatorship and getting that potentially invalidated or removed or however you want to say it. Um, And I think what was really cool. So there was one attorney who was talking all about conservatorships and basically what the whole point is of a conservatorship. And she actually ended up going back to work for Jamie Spears' side. But during her kind of interview portion, this attorney ended up saying that it was nearly impossible to get out of a conservatorship and that in all of her years working in this type of law, she had never seen a conservatee successfully get rid of a conservatorship. Yeah, it was,
0: that was, that was, weird. that was crazy. Like, I don't know. It just, it it reiterated a lot of the stuff that we talked about too, how this is usually with older people who are starting to use some, lose some of their mental faculties. And to me, I think the the two points that I found most interesting were just the way that they framed um, like the shaving of her head incident and also the umbrella to the car incident.
1: Yeah. And it's, I mean, so, so many times we've been made to think kind of as the general public reading these news stories. And it's always this sensationalized story with these crazy pictures of, you know, Britney with the shaved head charging after the car with the umbrella. Right. And you just think, wow, this person is wacky. But the way they phrased it in the movie and the way that they cast it was completely different. Yeah, they actually you know, I came out of the movie thinking, wow, she would have been crazy if she didn't react this way. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. And just, you know, kind of a leeway into the topic we're talking about today, given the time period too, of like all of this stuff, kind of the early 2000s really becoming this I don't know, like knowing your celebrities and stalking celebrities really just like hungry for more information about them. This was kind of the the beginning of that time. And she was one of the first people to have that kind of thrust upon her. And so I can see how, even if, it, even if she was, you know, quote unquote crazy in these situations, you could see why I think she'd be a robot if she didn't react, like you're saying.
1: So true. Yeah, she really um, just... It so clearly had lost control of her life between the paparazzi and her parents and her mental health and the state of affairs with her husband at the time, Kevin Federline and her children. Right. And all of that. I mean, everything was slipping out of her grasp. So it seems so natural that she would take matters into her own hands for the thing that she could control her hair exactly the thing that made her this like not to say you know she's just hair and a face but yeah but you know a big part of her sexuality a big part of her womanhood and just her character in general was this big head of you know crazy hair that was always getting dyed and done and um styled in different ways and for her to just take that away and in some ways to like that was kind of the smartest and most take control yep. thing to do that she could have done.
0: Yeah, exactly. That I think was the most eye opening for me was that, like, no wonder she wants to be like, look, I'm not this, I'm not this hot pop goddess anymore. I have a shaved head. So, will you finally leave me alone? You know? Yeah. Exactly,
1: exactly. So that was really interesting. And same with the umbrella situation. Yeah. And we're so used to seeing just like a picture of Brittany kind of in a vacuum charging Mm -hmm. the, you know, the car, whatever. And what was happening in reality when you seek the videos that the other paparazzi had captured of just the hordes of people chasing her down, banging on her windows, yelling at her. Yep. Um, they showed one scene where Britney was being followed by like a whole group of paparazzi. And two of them actually got in a fist fight, right. like right in front of her, maybe like a foot away or something. And just the fear on her face is so clear, not to mention, I just think she wasn't very well handled back. No. then. No, know Why um, or whose responsibility that was and why it slipped through the cracks. But a lot of the time you didn't even see her with like a bodyguard, you right. see her with a girlfriend or something like that. And she's like struggling to hang on to her kid in one arm and a, you know, a drink in the other hand. Right. And who could expect you know she's saying I'm scared I'm scared I'm scared like I'm afraid where's the door you know trying to get her bearings and the flash bulbs are just going off and you just can't help but feel like a whose responsibility was this because they dropped the ball and b how could you not go crazy in that circumstance
0: yeah like it, it would cause you to one, not want to leave your house. And then if you don't leave your house, meanwhile, that's what we're doing now, but still like you'd go crazy, you know, like you can't live even a semblance of a normal life. And if you need to go out for anything, you know, you're just going to be mauled. Like a
1: hundred percent. Yeah. So, uh, it's just, it's really upsetting. And it's so clear how the world just turned her into this character and yeah. torn her apart and really made her go crazy in a sense Mm -hmm. and it's just so sad to see how she devolved yep but um one of the people who was prominently featured in this documentary was the lovely the one and only um, I think a lot of people actually call her a proto-influencer because she was just kind of the first of her kind um, with coming up with catchphrases and yep. poses and being famous, really, for just being famous. Yep. And that is Miss Paris Hilton.
0: Yes. Now, can I, the famous for just being famous, I, yes. I put this in my notes because after watching, we watched a documentary on her too, um, that she has on her YouTube account. Actually, it's free to watch, right. and it's called This is Paris. But anyway, I I had to throw this in because I'm like, I need to mention this. There's one clip where the other, probably more known today for being famous for being famous, Kim Kardashian. Yes. Walking with her. I love this. Is walking with her to a club and the paparazzi are like taking pictures and some fan of Paris, like they're arm in arm, she and Kim, Paris and Kim, and some fan comes up to, to Paris and is like, Can I get a picture? And she just like busts in front of kim kardashian and like put kim kardashian to her back and it stands next to paris like i just it was just so funny and it's just like you can it's it's weird to see how this phenomena like occurred and then kim was the next generation of it essentially so it's just crazy
1: Yeah, and to watch the tables turn that way. Like, I think today people might almost have the opposite experience. I mean, I think people would still be excited to see Paris Hilton. Right. But Kim Kardashian is now kind of, like you said, the next generation of that influencer, famous for being famous. Really, if we get down to it, what they had in common is that they're both (laughs) famous for having sex tapes. exactly. But yeah, but it's just that idea of like, oh my God, like there's this amazing person and we're all clamoring to see her. And it's kind of like, at the root of it, what are y'all clamoring
0: to see? Right. And like, they both, you know, used their celebrity to then create these brands and stuff like that. But at the root of it, like where it all started was not like, oh, Paris, she's known for her famous perfume line. Like, you know, that's not what launched her. It was just kind of, she was launched for being wealthy and being out there and the sex tape thing, which didn't hurt
1: no no it certainly didn't and honestly until I saw this new movie I really didn't feel like yeah. there was any reason to kind of make a spectacle out of Paris Hilton or to even really acknowledge her existence right wow I don't know there's a whole other layer that we can explore at this point which yeah was kind of not in the public eye until recently
0: no. yeah it was really eye-opening um so I want to give just maybe the usual, I feel like I always start with this, the little the timeline. Yeah, just the little background of just kind of who she is, you know, born and all that stuff. So she was born, like we were saying, on February 17th, 1981 in New York City, and she was raised both in New York City and Beverly Hills, California, and the Hilton family. Obviously, is known because her great grandfather Conrad Hilton was the founder of the Hilton Hotels, and so that's kind of the business her dad was in. Obviously, they just kind of describe him as a businessman wherever I see him. Um, he married his wife Kathy Hilton when, so they had been together actually since they were fifteen. Kathy was nineteen when she had Paris, so put that math together; they were young parents. Paris is the oldest and the Hilton family, or I'm sorry, the uh, Kathy Hilton's family, rather her sisters were, they're all on the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, if you didn't know now, but they were actresses and models. And I actually remember learning after seeing uh, the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills that her sister Kyle is actually the little girl that Lori babysits in the original Halloween movie.
1: Oh my God. Yeah. So That's a little connection, right? Yeah.
0: There. So a little, little, you know, nugget there for you. But Paris is the oldest of four children. And kind of where a lot of the story starts out is when she's a younger girl, kind of, you know, seeing some home videos right before her teenage years.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, It's kind of incredible that she became this big star, um, especially through her kind of late night persona. And a lot of what made me laugh in this movie was the fact that Paris would talk about being like queen of the night and uh, she became just like this different creature at night. And essentially, I mean, she's a party girl. She was always a party girl. Um, she always had a knack for kind of getting out, getting in trouble, you know, dancing on tables and getting photographed, you know, being a big party girl. Right. So it's, I don't know. It's kind of crazy that again, that this is enough to make somebody famous, but, um, Hey, who's,
0: (laughs) who's. I know. Yeah. I mean, we've seen it worked again with Kim Kardashian. So it's clearly some formula that works um it was interesting to see some of the home videos where she was i don't know probably like 9 10 and it's just home videos of her dressing up and her family members like her aunt and her grandma just talking about you know oh you're so gorgeous you're you know the prettiest girl all this stuff and her mom actually said after growing up with a parent that was putting them into acting and modeling at such a young age that she didn't want her children to go down that route. And Paris was actually, her mom said at one point she thought she'd actually be a uh, veterinarian because she loved animals so much. And you can see that even in some of the home videos, she's got like a ton of animals, little cats and dogs around her. And it was really when she got into her teens, like we're talking about here, that things then just kind of totally, you know, spun around in her world got flipped, turned upside down. <laughs>
1: exactly. And I think, I mean, like you said, her beauty or just her look, because she, yeah. she is a very unique looking person, um, just captivated people from the beginning. So she posed alongside her sister, Nikki, for David LaChapelle um, when she was about 19 years old. And it was as part of Donald Trump's modeling agency. Right. Um, and this September shoot September 2000 appeared in Vanity Fair and even David LaChapelle said how charismatic Paris was mm-hmm. how you know captivating she was how she just was someone that you couldn't take your eyes off of because she lit up a room she was such a star and because of that shoot her work as a model really took off and yeah. by early 2001 she became one of the biggest stars on the catwalk. And then one of the biggest stars off the catwalk too. Right. She was on the cover of a lot of different magazines. She, you know, started getting into screen acting. Now granted, a lot of the roles were just these quick cameo appearances, Mm -hmm. but it was kind of incredible how fast she grew into this famous figure. Um, Until 2003, when of course (laughs) she started to star alongside Nicole Richie in the incredible show called The Simple Life.
0: Yeah, so the good old Simple Life. It uh, so like you said, 2003, and the premise was they lived for a month in rural Atlas, Arkansas, with a family, and you know this is her her kind of baby voice. I think came to be her her persona, her character then, and this ditzy, dumb blonde who doesn't know what Walmart is and all this stuff. And this show actually went on until 2005 when it was canceled. During this run, it actually had 13 million viewers. I don't know if that was total, how they, you know, put that number together, but I remember it, obviously. I know you do too. Oh,
1: yeah, it was such a blast (laughs) to watch. And it was so... Perfect. I mean, whoever came up with this concept is a genius because you had these two snotty rich girls who were given everything on a silver platter since pretty much the day they were born. Um, And they were just out of their element to see these fish out of water in this rural town shoveling cow shit (laughs) and like doing kind of farm style labor was just such a treat because, you know, at last they were kind of getting a taste of their own medicine and having right. to be locked down to like where the rest of us are.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And also think about it like that time period, I feel like is the height of all this um, reality TV stuff, even though obviously it's not real, but I feel like that was kind of the height of this stuff really becoming popular. And so this one show was just latching onto that boom and you know riding with it.
1: That's so true and it was during this show that Paris really got the chance to develop the dumb blonde persona that we all know her for which is a trope that we obviously see over and over again in Hollywood with these women who are just beautiful and blonde and rich and this that and the third but dumb as a box of diapers.
0: (laughs) I love that. Well, so I, I found this, I think it was on probably Wikipedia, this description of her that I think just took me back. Um, She developed her personal aesthetic through juicy couture tracksuits, rhinestones, trucker hats, oversized sunglasses, and the accessory dog. She mimed high fashion poses learned from drag queens and created what was described as the Paris talk. For instance, she often used one-liners and a breathy, childish voice in television shows and interviews. So I I was just like, that's it. That That is my, like, 2000s memory of her
1: that captures it perfectly. And, and that was really all she was. I mean, she was fodder for kind of cheap shots, cheap comedy, watching her kind of bumble through the simple life quote. Yeah, exactly. Life for her and try to figure out life as just a person like the rest of us. Yeah. And I mean, that brand, the brand that she built through the simple life just kept you know growing her career
0: yeah she was on all different you know tv shows a couple movies house of wax I remember I didn't I didn't see that but I saw the name on the list and I'm like yep I remember that I feel like that's the height of her time period too
1: yeah I was definitely too scared but um She, (laughs) I never saw House of Wax, but I mean, she had an autobiography, Mm -hmm. it got on the New York Times bestseller list. She really, you know, was quite the star and, you know, it went so far as to the point where she actually patented her, you know, (laughs) well-known phrase, that's hot. That's
0: hot. I can't even do it. I sound like I'm like, have laryngitis.
1: (laughs) Wow. I'm telling you, I mean- And it's kind of amazing. So she hosted SNL in 2005. And, you know, that was to promote House of Wax. And she just, I mean, she really, for being somebody who was called by everybody, just totally talentless. She got a Teen Choice Award. She you know, starting all these different movies. She got, I think, um an MTV Movie Award. Now, granted, obviously, these are lesser performances um, right. and lesser awards. But, you know, in her own right, she became very successful.
0: Yeah, she actually, since then, I mean, like, this is the same thing with Kim Kardashian, like we were saying, where they're not known, like, they didn't start out for having a famous XYZ, but they used this famous for being famous to then create all these other things to make money off of because she now has 19 products line product lines 50 boutiques worldwide um a club resort in manila the in manila philippines and her perfume line alone brought in three billion dollars of revenue in the u.s to date which is crazy to think yeah yeah and she's also the This was crazy to me because this was just a left turn when she became a DJ, apparently. Yeah. And this is like her passion and her thing now. And in 2014, she was actually the highest paid female DJ. Yeah. I'm just like, where did that come from? It's crazy.
1: Totally crazy. And I'm sure, I mean, even just thinking as kind of a person who knows nothing about her DJ career or about what kind of music she plays or anything like that. I would show up to wherever she was just to see her. Yeah. If she came around, I would be thrilled to go and see her.
0: The other, the other crazy stat that I saw that, that was just insane to me is that she's traveling about 250 days out of the year. So I'm just like, like she's definitely working really hard. And probably you see a scene in in the documentary with um, Nikki, her sister, where Paris has gone over to Nikki's and Nikki has kind of like this normal normal quote unquote normal life where she has children, she's married, all that type of stuff. And Paris is sitting there talking with her on the floor just playing with her niece and Nikki's telling her that you need you need a break. Like or maybe it was another scene during that whole visit, but anyway, like she's telling her she needs a break because Paris is just go go go. Yeah. And we see later in the documentary that when she was younger, she said, you know, my goal is to make a hundred million dollars. And then obviously she made that. And now she's like, I don't think I'll be happy until I make a billion dollars. Yeah. And then it's like, and then what? It's just, and then
1: what exactly. And you just think somebody like that is probably never satisfied, never happy and is always going for the next level or the next big thing. Exactly. it's hard because you probably feel like you can just never measure up
0: yeah yeah it's just yeah I mean you set these goals but then what it just keeps moving whether it's self-imposed or by pressure of people you're working with like your goal post is constantly changing it's just never a real finish line
1: yeah exactly So Paris Hilton's sex tape was one of the biggest parts of her fame. It skyrocketed her to just an incredible level of fame. You know, she hadn't even known before and things were already getting pretty crazy for her and exciting. But um, the sex tape ended up dropping shortly before The Simple Life started. What timing Um, was actually kind of perfect for her. True, because as they say, no publicity is bad publicity. Mm -hmm. And in fact, when this sex tape dropped in 2003, Entertainment Weekly actually wrote, "quote We in the media have become parasites." In (laughs) which is
0: wait, I I kind of actually love that pun, right? Parasites, right? Exactly.
1: And it's so true because in 2004, Paris got named one of the 10 most fascinating people, according to Barbara Walters. Mm -hmm. And Forbes included her in its Celebrity 100, and that ranks the highest paid celebrities. And she got ranked in there in 2004, five, and six. Yeah. He was one of Google's top searches in 2004 and 2006. She was in the FHM's 100 Sexiest Women. So she really was just climbing all different kinds of charts. Now, granted, it might not be the way a lot of people want to be mentioned and want to yeah. climb those
0: charts, but she was a name that everyone had in their mouth. Oh, my God. Yeah, she was just, you know... Uh, they were saying about, eh, now I'm getting my my documentaries confused because the Britney Spears one too, but I think it was the, the Paris Hilton, uh, her documentary where the paparazzis were saying you could make upwards of a million dollars off of her, a photo of her during the height of her career, which is insane. Which is
1: nuts. And I don't know if you remember this, but there was like a big, which was really nasty and just indicative of what the paparazzi were at the time and why they were- so condemned but there was a whole thing where paparazzi would try to get like pictures up these young stars
0: <gasps> skirts yes i getting out of cars and stuff i remember out that cars. and they would just i mean totally get in
1: face get That's you so know below true. their face and try to get these crazy pictures of them Ugh. and it just goes to show you that like even the most prurient, nasty material was still material to these paparazzi. They were just people who were looking for anything. And honestly, who wouldn't
0: add a million bucks a pop? Oh my God. Well, that's, that's what the one guy said. He's like, when you can make a million dollars in a day, that's war. Like these people are just, just doing whatever they need to, you know, to make this money. And I think, I think, I don't know. It just made me think of something too, like, stuff hasn't gotten that much better for celebrities now, even with the paparazzi. I know in the UK, I believe, um, they're at least not allowed to show children anymore in paparazzi pictures. So their faces have to be blurred, actually. If a, if you were to take like David Beckham, a picture of David Beckham with his underage children and it's in the UK, um, those their faces would have to be blurred. But there's not even that protection today in the US, and I can't imagine just like being in that situation. And You have to have a bodyguard with you when you just want to go out to Starbucks or something, like,
1: yeah, yeah, oh,
0: well, yeah,
1: kind of crazy. But, um, Paris even made it into music when, right, yeah, <laughs> 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 her, her self titled album Paris Ooh. in 2006. And I gotta tell you. These songs, a couple of these songs are bops. Not bad. They are really bad. They're bangers. There's a, a classic, Stars Are Blind, with <laughs> bangers. You know, there's a couple bangers in there. There was mixed reception, as you'd expect. For sure. But it was a fun album and it sold. So, yeah. yeah. I to do no wrong at that point.
0: Yeah. And it's interesting to see in this documentary a side by side of, um, Kind of how her sister Nikki has gone down this conventional family, you know, being a mom, raising kids type of thing. And Paris actually has seemed to have a lot of trouble with love. She was engaged in 2018 to a man named Chris Chris Zilka, I believe is how you pronounce it. And he actually bought her a $2 million engagement ring that was just insane. Yeah. And oh my God. yeah, that ended up, you know, failing. So she's kind of, it's weird because she looked exactly the same too. Like, I feel like she hasn't really aged even not at 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 her now, you know, so.
1: Which so much of that has to be like, you know, just being super thin and, you know, the incredible amount of wealth that she has. I mean, she can just dress in these clothes right? and, oh my gosh, it's just, it's kind of incredible. But, but yeah, I mean, these, these different relationships just didn't work out, and she's right. been with these people who are all very, very wealthy. Mm-hmm. Um, she actually she dated this other person named Paris, a man named. Paris. <laughs>
0: You're kidding! I didn't know yeah. that.
1: <laughs> in 2004, they were engaged. Oh my god! Um, and of course, you know, called that off in 2005, and you know, another Greek heir, Stavros Niarkos. She dated between oh. in December 05 and March 07. Are you sure it
0: wasn't Uncle Jesse's character from Full House, Stavros? <laughs> Tell
1: <me about> it. <laughs> that was his, <laughs>
0: his like twin cousin lookalike or whatever. <laughs> right, exactly. I a
1: surprise. <sighs> um, but she also, she dated Benji Madden from Good Shark. Oh,
0: I didn't know that.
1: I know. So she's really just had a lot of different, Kind of attempts at love, attempts at happiness, and yeah, you know, couplehood. And it's strange. I mean, it just never really worked out. Like you said, even the two, thousand, two million, excuse me, dollar <laughs> thing um, got called off in November 2018. And mm-hmm. here she is still single, still, and being talked to by her sister in the um, documentary. Her sister's really like, you got to have some kids. Like, right. don't you want to have kids? And Paris, I don't know, to me, it just seems like she's very distracted. And yeah. she just is so hungry for this high degree of success, you know, to become a billionaire, etc.
0: It's like, who has the time? Yeah. And I almost wonder though, if this is fill- like her way of kind of filling... Um, not thinking about other things, you know, by keeping herself so incredibly busy, you know, she's not really having to face the reality of other stuff that may be going on because she's just on the move 24 seven.
1: So, you know, in light of this new documentary that came out, everything we just went over really just serves to confirm that there's not much to this woman, right? She's a socialite. She's a hair, an airhead, a bimbo, a dumb blonde. And that's sort of all she's ever been. She was born with a silver spoon in her mouth and her life's been this very easy, you know, experience. And it turns out that now that we have this documentary, that's just not the case. There's, no. There was a pretty horrible incident that happened to Paris when she was younger. Um, and she was actually a victim of pretty serious abuse.
0: Yeah. So what led to this was her, so her parents I guess had moved back to New York city and she's a teenager at this point and starting at these new schools being bullied relentlessly. Everybody knows who she is. I can only imagine that like New York city prep schools are just like any other prep school on steroids. Like it's gotta be awful. And her parents were extremely strict. They, you know, Nikki's interviewed and, you know, they're talking about curfews and stuff like that and they like they did not let her go to dances, they didn't let her stay out late, they didn't let her do. And they were trying to protect her. Like it's it's understandable, but Paris really just rebelled against all of that. And this is when she became a creature of the night, I guess. <laughs> And started sneaking out, going, she's in New York City, so she got a great fake ID and is just going wild at these nightclubs and going out all the time. And her parents kind of feel like they lost control of her.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so to regain their control, they decided to send Paris to these boarding schools, uh, a, di- a whole different line of boarding schools for troubled teenagers. Right. And she you know, when she got sent to each one and she would always run away. Yeah. Um, And there was just this long line of kind of failed boarding school experiences where, you know, her parents would find the school, send her away. Paris would find a way to run away, which God only knows like how she finagled this.
0: Well, yeah. And that to me, well, first of all, so just to clarify, they are boarding schools and that's how they, the schools kind of frame it, but they're really these like scared not scared straight but um that's a good way of putting it though yeah like these wilderness programs where it's really it's almost like holes remember holes yes. <laughs> the, so it really reminded me yeah, of yeah 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 where it's just like putting these quote-unquote bad kids into I mean there's some schooling portion in some of them but a lot of it is really this like hard labor beating both physically emotionally mentally, like all this stuff into you to try to curb your bad behavior and you
1: can see like you can understand what's behind it and understand okay you send a bad kid out to the wilderness and to kind of the real life simple life right
0: it's so true oh my god you're so right
1: you kind of grind them down to you know an emotional nub and say hey you're not such hot shit right or you're gonna stay here um but in reality, it's much more traumatic than that.
0: So I just have to say too, the way that these schools would take you, which is horrifying, is people would come in the middle of the night and it's almost like, so I didn't have frats and sororities at my school, but I've heard of stuff like this during initiation or whatever, where sorority sisters or whatever would come and kidnap you in the middle of the night, you know, you're sleeping or whatever and this is what this was though it was two big men that came to her room she's sleeping they pick her up and just carry her out and she's screaming and crying as her parents are standing there crying doing nothing she thinks she's being kidnapped because they don't tell her what's going on and it just it it was crazy to me because nikki talked about it too that she kind of peeked out and saw what was going on she had been listening on the phone line and knew Something was coming next morning at breakfast, it wasn't even talked about. And Paris was quote unquote at these boarding schools.
1: Right, right. And I mean, it's just crazy to think that this was the method of reforming your child and that oh, you like, my God. letting your kid get kidnapped. I mean, granted, I know some parents are obviously at the end of their ropes right. and they probably think, you You're know, out, we're out of
0: options.
1: Yeah, we're out of options. And like this. Is a crappy option, but it's better than letting the kid run rampant and go nuts. Yeah. And, you know, this is what we're going to try. And it just sounds crazy. So the last of these boarding schools that Paris got sent to was called Provo Canyon School. And that mm-hmm. was a psychiatric residential treatment center in Utah. Yeah. She spent almost a year there, it was 11 months. And her parents assumed Paris said that it was any other normal boarding school because that's how it was advertised. that's how it was portrayed to the parents um and the other guardians. and it basically sounds like from the kidnapping, the original you know induction of the kid into the school forward, it was just a routine kind of the kids being fed with mystery pills yeah. and if the kids didn't take the pills, it sounds like they were put in solitary confinement, which is insane. Yeah, and they also, they weren't clothed in solitary confinement apparently, which just even makes things more traumatic. She says that there was emotional, verbal, and physical abuse from the Mm -hmm. teachers and from the administrators. And I mean, at first, so when admittedly, when I was watching this documentary and Paris was talking about kind of the hell that she had gone through at boarding school and everything like that. It's kind of like, Oh, get over it. You know, like a little tough love isn't the worst thing that can happen to you, but it sounds like, I mean, just the beatings, the abuse, the um, the solitary confinement, everything. It was just like insane that this was ever condoned.
0: Yeah. And think about it. Like you're living there. Um, and kind of to jump to the end, I guess she does talk to her mom about this and tells her mom that she never told her anything about this because people, you know, the, I don't know, teachers, counselors, whatever you want to call them. were saying, yeah, if you try to tell your parents, we're going to tell them that you're lying, that you're, you know, that's not the truth, whatever, they're not going to believe you. And so she felt trapped. She felt totally trapped. And it's crazy too. She
1: mentioned um, how she really doesn't even believe in therapy now because, quote unquote, therapy was a big part of her quote unquote treatment at Provo Canyon. And apparently, the therapists in there just, you know, really kind of gaslighted the kids and never felt like a trusted, you know, ally or a helper or anything like that. It just always was this, like, untrusting, scary relationship where you had the feeling that whatever you told to these therapists was going to get out and that you were going to be punished for.
0: Yeah. Well, I have to throw this back too, because I, I kept thinking about this when I was watching the documentary, um, the episodes that we did on Martha Moxley, the Elon school that um, the boys were sent to it was very, it was a similar type of thing where it's, you know, kind of wealthy parents wanting to send their kids to kind of a reform school that ends up just being total abuse all around and creates more problems than, you know, anything. Exactly. And it's nuts. I mean, pa- it's so clear that it's affected Paris in so
1: many different ways throughout the rest of her adult life including her just complete lack of trust yeah and you know even in the documentary you realize how untrusting she is and how full of suspicion she is because her boyfriend at some point comes to stay over at her apartment while she's out of town
0: yeah Um,
1: and Paris feels the need to install spyware throughout the house to make sure the boyfriend isn't doing anything that she wouldn't find acceptable
0: yeah
1: she says you know that she never really knew what real love was she you know just got used to the abuse and thought it was normal and because she was always so suspicious of everybody she thought that that was just a part of life and a part of relationships and that she always would have to be you know checking up on people close to her
0: Yeah, yeah. She actually was able to meet up with some of the other women now that she went to the school with, and they talked about such similar experiences and trauma that has continued on now. And I thought it was really an interesting connection that one woman spoke about how it's been difficult for a lot of survivors of this school and similar schools to be able to find true and normal, healthy, loving relationships because they kind of have a twisted, um, incorrect view of what love is because of going through these programs. So it leads them to end up being in a lot of abusive situations because they kind of connected abuse with love, this tough love in these institutions. And it's just so clear to see kind of how that can carry on into your adult life.
1: What's really great is Paris is using this horrible experience to try to demand reform in other teen facilities. And she really wants to make sure that there's the oversight of these facilities so that the daily abuse that she suffered in um, her school doesn't happen to other children and other teens. And there, I guess, is this bill I'm seeing that um, came out, it looks like, There, um, it's a bill sponsored by Republican state senator Michael McKell, and it actually calls for a higher level of regulation of these different kinds of institutions that are part of the troubled teen industry.
0: Yeah, it looks like Um, it's state bill 127, is what I'm saying.
1: Yeah, and it looks like Paris herself actually came and provided testimony. Was super emotional. She talked about how she still has nightmares. She still fears for the different children who are in these types of facilities. And she's fearful that they're enduring the same type of abuse that she did. And she knows that money doesn't even protect against the type of abuse that she's concerned about. So right. what's great is that this McKell's bill actually got unanimously endorsed by the committee. Um, and Next step, I guess, was to go to the full state senate, and then eventually to go to the governor's desk for approval. This actually, literally, just happened about a week ago. Um, it just got approved at this kind of low level, and it's really great. So now that it's been endorsed by the committee, it's got to go to the full state senate for consideration, and then it'll head to the governor's desk for approval. So. Wow. It'll- statewide thing. And if it gets signed into law, the bill would actually require these different treatment facilities to document instances of physical restraints and involuntary confinement, and it would ban chemical sedation and mechanical restraints. So really great things because these were all types of abuse that Paris herself suffered in um, Provo Canyon School. So she finally feels like she's having a real impact on these other children's lives by enacting this bill. So along with this special bill, Paris has also been using the hashtag breaking code silence. And through that hashtag, she's just raising awareness through all of the other different teenagers who now grew up to be adults that went through Provo Canyon and other similar facilities. And it's just, you know, creating that strength in numbers that we talked about in our watch out Philly episode, where people don't feel like they're so alone. They don't feel like the only one who's suffered this abuse and they know that speaking up is power. So being silent about things is not going to do anything. And through this hashtag Paris is spreading the information, spreading the word and spreading the awareness. And I'm sure that she'll just continue to, Um, move forward from here and make sure that other kids don't suffer the same type of abuse that she did. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode of Betsy Boss Podcast. If you'd like to find us online, we're on Facebook at Betsy Boss Podcast, on Instagram at Betsy Boss Podcast, on Twitter at Betsy Boss Pod, and our email is Betsy Boss Podcast at gmail.com. Also, Betsy Boss is now on both iTunes and Spotify. If you like what you hear, please rate, subscribe, and comment. Thanks again for listening.